This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. This season, we're discussing the beginning of Taylor Swift's career, starting with her self-titled debut album. Today, we'll be discussing three of the most iconic tracks from her first album, But before we get to that, I need to introduce you to two very special Starbucks lovers, Nicole Ackman and Arzu Amin. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm very excited. Well, to get our listeners familiar with your Taylor Swift story, Nicole, when did you first become a Taylor Swift fan? I became a Taylor Swift fan in the debut album era. I was in sixth grade when Mm -hmm. this album came out. And I distinctly remember seeing one of the first music videos. I think it would have been maybe Tim McGraw uh, on the country music channel. Like there used to be a TV channel. Oh, uh, yeah. Where you it could still exists. Know, does it still exist? I don't even know. <laughs> but we used to have it on in my house a lot. And I remember seeing it and immediately was like, I need to know everything about this girl. Um, my dad was going to Target later that day, and I was like, I need you to buy me this album. And it kind of has all gone from there. <laughs> I, you know, Maggie, as long as we've known each other, which is quite a long time, I've been a Taylor like Swift fan. Like 11 years? <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly, I like to joke that being a Taylor Swift fan is like the only personality trait I've had for most of my life. Uh, other things come and go, Taylor Swift stays. Taylor Swift remains. And what about you, Arzu? <laughs> so I liked her debut album. Like it was, I was towards the end of high school when it came out, but Mm -hmm. I became a hardcore Taylor Swift fan when Fearless came out because that was the sort of Mm -hmm. coming of age in love, but a little bit angry, like sort of discovering who you are as a person thing that I really needed to hear at age 18. So, so yeah, I was like first year university and the Fearless album was on constant loop. Oh, it's one of her best ones. I love Fearless. Same. So I can't wait until we get to talking about the Fearless era because oh, those tracks. Um, they still they still slap, honestly. They do. They really do. <laughs> so then, Arzu, is that your favorite album? Is Fearless your favorite? I would have said yes up until um, like December of mm-hmm. this past year. And then I finally let myself listen to Folklore and Evermore. And Folklore just kind of, it sort of took over because, you know, Taylor and I are, I think, the same age. There's like a year between us. So mm-hmm. we're both somewhere different in life now. And folklore is just kind of, it's what I need to hear at 30. So folklore with Fearless, a very close second. Excellent. And I know Nicole likes Fearless and Evermore as well. But which is your favorite album? It's it's really difficult for me. And, you know, I, I truly am one of those Swifties that like I genuinely love every album. Uh, I'm very tempted to say that either Folklore or Evermore is my favorite, but I have defined myself as being a red girl for like too long to give it up Mm -hmm. now. Uh, So, and I think that's still like aesthetically my favorite era maybe. So Mm -hmm. I I just keep it simple and I've I've committed to the red album. So I say that's my favorite. (laughs) And then going back to her debut album, which tracks are your favorite? Like what is your number one Taylor Swift track? I... I'm going to give two because one of them Mm -hmm. I feel like is kind of a cliche answer. 
Teardrops on My Guitar is still one of my Taylor, like favorite Taylor Swift songs overall. So obviously it's my favorite on the album. That song we'll talk more about in a bit. So I'm not going to go too in depth. But I also <laughs> think an incredibly underrated song of Taylor Swift's is Tied Together with a Smile, which I also think is really interesting that it's not sort of your classic straight love song or breakup mm-hmm. song the way that a lot of the songs on this album are. Uh, I, I really, I really like that one. And it's one that I come back to. Excellent. And Arzu, which one is your favorite from this album? I also have two, um, for, but for the same reason. Um, both, one of them we're talking about today, which is Picture to Burn, and the other one is Our Song. And I like them both because they're such like upbeat, like almost pure country tracks. And mm-hmm. I, yes. This is a soft spot for country music, even like up in Canada, we've got our own country yes. music industry out here. But I have such a soft spot for like specifically American country music. And this was like my gateway into that. Was, was mm-hmm. this album and these songs. So that's why they're my favorite on the album. Our song is definitely my favorite from this album. That's like, I think that was my gateway into Taylor Swift. So it's like, it's always <laughs> going to have a soft spot for me. Um, so we've had a little bit of like Taylor Swift news recently. Not too much. We're still like desperately waiting for <laughs> another uh, Taylor's version album to come out. Um People have finally been receiving their Evermore records that they ordered from Taylor's store. I know that Nicole got hers. Thank God. I actually, what was really exciting about this one too is that she gave, uh, or you know, she distributed a small number of records to a bunch of independent record stores. So I was able Mm -hmm. to buy it from a small record store near where I live, which, you know, was nice because I got to support Taylor, but also support like an independent store at the same time. And I cannot tell you how long I've waited to be able to play Champagne Problems on my record player. Uh, I'm <laughs> not going to The first time I listened to that bridge and I screamed along with it, it was like a spiritual experience for me. Uh, oh. So I'm very happy to finally have that in my grasp. I love that for you. <laughs> um, and then I guess the Evermore releases in stores, like fans broke the record for the biggest vinyl sale like ever, which is kind of cool. I love how Taylor Swift love fans like, constantly break <laughs> records for her. Yep. Very proud of us. Um, and then at the start of Pride Month, Taylor Swift noted her support for GLAAD Summer of Equality event, uh, which is for the Equality Act. Um, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Equality Act in February of this year uh, that would provide comprehensive federal non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people throughout the country. And it is waiting action in the U.S. Senate. Uh, the law has not been signed by Biden yet, so you can go to GLAAD if you're in America and sign the petition to get your senator to send the bill to Biden's desk. I thought that was really great that she highlighted that. Um, and then literally two days ago, before this recording was made, of course, something will probably come out between now and when <laughs> <laughs> we are recording this. Um, but I did notice uh, that Taylor had used four red hearts on her post about Evermore being back at number one. And as we all know, her fourth album was <laughs> Red. <laughs> so. I'm beside myself. I'm truly beside myself with the thought that it could be next. I'm not, no one is ready, but especially I am not ready for all too well Taylor's version. It's uh, gonna, it's gonna kill us. It's like, it's gonna it's, break me. It's gonna do us like in. a promise. It will break me like a promise <laughs> <Your> indeed. Promise. <laughs> uh, well, I think that was all the Taylor Swift news um, as of uh, June 8th. Um, so if something else is broken, it is not my fault. I did my best. <laughs> Hopefully we're all listening to new music right now. Um, but we can listen to a little bit of Taylor Swift, the, 
the debut album and talk about three songs. Uh, those three songs today are Tim McGraw, Picture to Burn, and Teardrops on My Guitar. So first up is Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw was the lead single on Taylor Swift. It was written by Taylor during her freshman year of high school about her boyfriend that was a senior that year. Uh, it was written by Taylor and Liz Rose and allegedly only took 20 minutes for them to write, um, which I feel like is remarkable. <laughs> Uh, and the song is only three minutes and 52 seconds long. Uh, the internet claims that this uh, song is written about her former boyfriend that is either Drew Dunlap or Brandon Borello. Um, but, you know, who knows? It was high school. <laughs> Girl probably dated a couple different guys and got some good songs out of it. Good for uh, her. Good, good for, for her, her right? Yes. Yep. Um, so are there any standout lyrics from this track that just like listening to it again with like fresh ears like drew you to it again i love the line the moon like a spotlight on the lake because i am just such a sucker for moons and moonlight like imagery Mm -hmm. like the more the better so i'm like yes taylor taylor gets it (laughs) i love uh when she sings i said that's a lie Um, I feel like it's that kind of little bit of humor and bit of like realism of relationships that she's so good at putting into her songs. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting, um, like listening to this again, I was like, oh, when she sings, I hope you think about that little black dress. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, she has, I think, a dress in almost every single one of her albums. Like, I didn't look back at Evermore and Folklore, but I'm like confident that there are mentions of dresses in both of those as well so she even has a song called dress on reputation so exactly clearly the girl is the girl is a dress girl not a not a jeans girl (laughs) but as somebody who has defined so many relationships based on like what i was wearing when i met the guy or like when something bad happened like the the moment where it all fell apart like i love that clothing for taylor is something that like holds symbolism in these relationships when she's writing about them Um, I will say this was definitely like my least favorite track on Taylor Swift uh, because I am not a country fan (laughs) and listening to this again on repeat, I was just like, yeah, no, this was definitely like a skip for me on this album, uh, which is so painful, but I am thankful that Taylor now produces absolutely no skip albums for me. (laughs) (laughs) Which it's funny because on the other side of that, like I have been a Tim McGraw fan Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think back. I think since I was like a toddler, um, remarkable. I have always been very into Tim McGraw music. I love Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Uh, so for I me, do like Faith Hill. <laughs> see, there, there you go. So for me, yeah. like it was really great because I do love Tim McGraw. And I, I grew up on country music and I don't listen to country music like at all anymore. Um, I listen to some like folk music, but not country other than, mm-hmm. you know, listening to older Taylor Swift. Uh, but I, I still do have a soft spot for Tim McGraw, so I love that. But I also just, just love this song because I know that, and I've had people tell me that there are people who associate Taylor Swift with me, um, which can be a good or a bad thing for them, I, I guess. But, you know, the whole idea of when you think Tim McGraw, I hope you think of me. I'm like, I know that there are people out there who, when they think Taylor Swift, they think of me. So it makes it like really, really special. I love that. 
And so the three songs we picked today are also music videos. So I'm hoping both of you watch the Tim McGraw music video, revisit it, that memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was struck by the fact that obviously the guy is driving his like pickup truck. And I was like, so many of Taylor's songs also have like the guy driving with one hand on the wheel. <laughs> I'm concerned. Um, But it's so funny, like, for me to be like, oh, I don't really like, like, country music, but I'm a truck girl. So I'm watching this music video and I'm like, I want that truck. (laughs) Like, I'll take the truck. I don't need the guy, but I'll take the truck. I was wondering Um, if Taylor's responsible for my love of trucks. Because, like, I want to pick up truck and I'm like, is this this Taylor's fault? It might be. That's exactly. Watching this and picture to burn back to back when she talks about trucks, I'm like, oh, this is why I did a photo shoot with my Ford Ranger when I was, like, 15. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts revisiting this music video? I think it's an interesting one. I'd not re- I'd not seen it in years. It screams country music video. Oh, yeah. And I think this is an interesting one, too, in that it's really missing sort of the thing that she would become known for not long after this, which is music videos that are really telling a story. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's something that, you know, we can talk about whenever we get to the other two music videos that we're going to talk about today, which very much do fall into that. So it's, it's just kind of funny to see one that's very much what I think you would call technically like a vanity video where it's kind of just mostly, you know, random aesthetic shots and mm-hmm. no real storyline to it uh, in the way that most of her her newer videos have. And I guess ever since then, really. But I also have got to say, sometimes it's very jarring to me to see like Taylor from this era because she mm-hmm. looks so different. Her curls. She's so baby. She is baby. <laughs> her curls, like, oh her my gosh. Glorious curls. But I love I love her curls. They're like what my hair looks like if I try. <laughs> it's what She's, I wanted my hair to look like. <laughs> same. I'm like, I'm confident that Taylor might also be the reason why I so desperately want my own curls to like behave. <laughs> like, this is the hair I dreamed of as a child. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't even a child, but like, I, it's it's funny to look back on these videos and be like, oh, ah, that's why I am the way I am because of this one Taylor Swift music video from no kidding <laughs> a long time ago. Um, but moving on to another fantastic track with a killer music video, Picture to Burn. Um, so Taylor Swift said, it's okay to be mad after a breakup or after something goes wrong with a relationship. Uh, Picture to Burn is the only true anger-fueled track on Taylor Swift, but definitely not the last diss track she's written. (laughs) Uh, It was written by Taylor and Liz again, and the song is two minutes and 55 seconds long. This one is about her high school fling, Jordan Alford, who was never actually a real relationship, which I relate to so much. (laughs) And it's actually funny because his now wife confirmed that the song was about him. And I believe she was the one that was dating him when they were in high school that Taylor wrote the song during that time period, which can you just imagine like (laughs) dating somebody and then the like the girl that had a crush on him becomes a megastar? Yeah, I I would tell everyone that. (laughs) Oh, Um, no, if I was her, I would like broadcast that to all my friends like (laughs) oh my gosh oh 
Of course, this song was a track that was met with a bit of criticism um, because of a lyric, which is thankfully no longer part of the song. Um, But it made me think about like, I had forgotten how popular that like phrase was as a diss in the like mid aughts. And I was like, it was so casually used, Uh, but very thankful that Taylor was like, yep, going to change that. I I forgot until until I started watching the video. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I do think line. that, like, it, it can be read in a light that doesn't look as bad. Like, he tells his friends that she's obsessive yes. and crazy, so they won't date her. Exactly. And so that her friends won't date him, she tells them this. But yes. it definitely is not not a good look, so I'm no. sure that she... She's you know. equating it as, like, an equal thing Slam. to tell somebody. Yes. Like, if their insult is you're crazy, then... She's yep. made this the insult, and yeah. yeah. Yes, like, oh, mid-aughts high school. Oh, would not go yeah. back to that time. Um, <laughs> but were there any, like, similarities to this song that you see in some of her future tracks? We like, are never I mean, getting back together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. That's the one that I was going to say as well. <laughs> and watching the music video, I thought of Blank Space. Yes. Because of the, like, tearing the house up, setting things on fire. It was such an interesting, like, visuals. Because it's it's not the best music video. There's some definite um, artistic choices, like the guy licking the silverware. (laughs) That's my favorite part of all of it. He's just licking the silverware and putting them back. Like, that, (sighs) I think I like it so much because, like, if I was like, I'm going to destroy someone's house, what am I going to do? That's the kind of, like actually like not that destructive thing i would probably come up with (laughs) that's like replacing all of their sugar with salt and like that's exactly my style so inconveniences it's stuff you won't think to check Mm -hmm. i just thought it was very strange that it's such a bouncy country track and it's like eyeliner and black dress taylor swift i'm like Mm -hmm. it almost like didn't mesh (laughs) she had like a reputation moment yeah it it was like reputation if you think there was there was a moment like that in country music around this time. Like Carrie Underwood had similar looks. Like oh, before he cheats. Oh, this is yeah. very before yep. he cheats. It's very that. It's very like Miranda Lambert later on. I think like this is a definite. I love that country music like has this whole genre of like you've done me wrong. Now I will destroy something that belongs to you. <laughs> it's not country, but since you've been gone is like that too. The video for that. The yeah. Oh Texas yeah. Song. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say her, like, acting in the music video was, like, adorably cringy. It's very <laughs> high school play acting. It was very <laughs> high school play. I was like, oh, baby, I'm so glad that you've, like, grown from this. I mean, we all have, but it was just, like, so fun to, like, look back on this for her. I love that Abigail is in this video. Like, yes. that makes it so special. Um, and I love I love the dialogue bits like at the beginning and the end of it. I think I think that's really fun and I feel like you can really see where this video sort of leads to later ones mm-hmm. in terms of the storytelling element of it. Yes. Oh, so good. Any other thoughts on it before you- I just have got to say every time I hear this song, I am taken back to middle school dances. They would play this song and my friends and I would just go wild. Oh my um, gosh. Unsurprisingly, I never had dates to these dances. Um, <laughs> but my friends and I would have a grand old time dancing oh, to that. this, like, incredibly angry <laughs> song. So, 
And that's the perfect segue into teardrops on my guitar because this is the this is a track that like as soon as I like I hit play on it, I was like singing along to it like full like full volume. This song was the reason I got a guitar that I then never learned how to play, but I definitely took <laughs> photos with it because, you know, yep. of course. Teardrops right. on my guitar. Um but Teardrops on My Guitar was the second single of the album. Uh, the song was written by Swift and Liz Rose again about an unrequited crush that Taylor had on a friend in high school. Uh, he would talk to her about his girlfriend and she would just swallow her own emotions. Uh, the song is three minutes and fi- 35 seconds long. Um, so we now know that it was written about Drew Hardrick, um, not previously, not the previously mentioned Drew that we mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, in 2007, Taylor told Seventeen that he actually called her about the song and she never called him back. Um, uh, and then apparently like two years after the album came out, he showed up outside of her house with a friend. Uh, and Taylor stated that she thought that he was trying to prove to this friend that he was indeed the Drew that she was talking about in the song. And then, like, on the uncomfortable side of this, um, Drew and his wife were actually arrested for child abuse in 2015. Oh. So really great people, apparently. Yeah, that pops okay. up when you search the song. And I was like, well, that's that's fun. That's fun. That's terrible. Yep. Um Yeah. But this song was the anthem of my youth, so. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, this this song is still my anthem. Let's be really honest with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, unrequited love's kind of a thing. Um, but so the yeah, Drew, same. Uh, the Drew in the music video um, was played by Tyler Hilton, who played young Elvis in Walk the Line. Uh, and also appeared in a bunch of One Tree Hill episodes, um, which was a favorite television show of mine during this era. So that definitely made me very excited to see him <laughs> in a music video. Um, but, you know, one of the lyrics that like stood out to me when I was listening to this while I was driving in my car uh, was that he's the song in the car I keep singing, Don't Know Why I Do. I feel like we've all had that one guy that we sing all the songs about when we're driving around and like, we don't know why we do that, but it's like every song fits that situation. It's also a funny experience whenever you're singing along to this song and you're thinking of a guy and then you hit that line and you're like, yep, "Yep, there it is. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many. No, it doesn't. It's, it stays with us. There's so many good lines in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I also love um, in the very last chorus when she says, the only one who's got enough of me to break my heart. Uh, especially as as a girl who always falls for her friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that line, it hits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I got chills just now when you said it because that was the line I flagged too. I'm like, I, I feel this one. <laughs> It's very, so very keenly. I also love the kind of flawless I wish I could be because mm-hmm. I feel like we've all had that experience where you like a guy and you feel like he's just perfect and like everything that you'll also never be. Um, yeah, I th- truly I'm not sure what it says that this song hits me as hard at like 26 as it did at what, 12 <laughs> oh god when you put it like that the fact that these songs still <laughs> yep 
Well, that just means my my love life has not improved. (laughs) No, it means Taylor is timeless. (laughs) That's a much better way to put it. Thank you for that. (laughs) You know, I feel like it says something about how this Taylor Swift, uh, like this Taylor Swift album still relates to our lives. And that's probably why at least Nicole and I have been singing Sour for like yes <laughs> mm-hmm. no same i'm in the same. sour I, I, I didn't yeah, know yeah. if you'd gotten into sour yet but oh, yes yeah. oh yeah it's i literally had it on before this. um and that you know not to segue into olivia rodrigo but like she has that same kind of feeling with her debut album as this debut album has a lot of those like sorting through those feelings that you have in high school and then you know, realizing now as adults that those feelings don't actually go away. It's just in a different context. It's, you know, in work or online or in, you know, your friend group. It never actually changes because these feelings are timeless. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And Um, I, I just remember, it's funny too. Like I remember being in high school because this was like my song all through middle school, high school. Uh, I can remember singing this in the shower back to back with On My Own from Lynn Oh, Nose. no. And that's oh, that's everything that you need to know about me, truly. Uh, but I still sing this song in the shower sometimes. Uh, Taylor Swift yeah. is definitely a songwriter for Eponines. Yeah. Yes. For all us Eponines everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's having her Cosette moment, so. She really is. And good for we're her. all trying to get there to join her, but... <laughs> She led the way. We're all right behind her. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to ride her coattails into that. Um, But thank you both so much for joining us for Starbucks Lovers. Uh, Do you have anything Taylor Swift related you would like to add before we roll out of here? I feel very stupid for hearing teardrops on my guitar and thinking she was going to be a one hit wonder. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) It was the first song of hers I heard. And I think some other blonde girl with a guitar had come out like right around the same time and i'm like of the two i tells you everything you need to know that i can't remember who the other one was but i'm like of the two i'm like i feel like that one's got more lasting potential i'm extremely happy to be wrong oh what was her name kelly pickler oh god no because i knew i distinctly knew who kelly pickler was and that was like a different (laughs) thing but it was some maybe maybe she didn't even have a guitar i don't know but i feel like there was another (laughs) pop star at the time about our age and I was like, well, of the two, I like her song better. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the song was. Don't know who the artist was. <laughs> Very happy to be oh, wrong. Oh, man. I just want to say uh, that I cannot wait to get Taylor Swift, Taylor's version, because I just want to know if she's going to put on the accent to sing these songs. Oh, and God. I hope to God the answer is yes. And also, if we do not get I'd Lie as a vault song, I will revolt. <laughs> we have to get that one. She has to give that to us. I trust her. I trust my mother, Taylor Swift, to give that to me. <laughs> she treated us well with Fearless. So she, better than we deserved, maybe. But. So much better than we deserved. <laughs> but she has so many songs from this era. Um, yep. In my, my first episode, I went through a bunch of the unreleased tracks from her demo albums, which eventually some of them may make their way into albums. Um but there's like 70 songs from this era that have never seen the light of day. Yep. Um, except for those like few people who have uploaded them to YouTube. And we thank our dear our Swifties. Heroes. Our heroes. 
Um, but it'll be so interesting to see what she does with both of these songs. Um, because you're right, that that country twang. If she's, she's got a choice like to me, make, if she brings it back for the album, she might not be able to get rid of it. Oh, no. <laughs> she's going to be living in London, singing like a little Tennessee girl. I love that for her. Uh, if anybody can pull it off. Maybe Joe off. will think it's cute, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you both again so much. Uh, you have been listening to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle. Thank you so much for listening. Now, where can folks find both of you? You can find me. The best place to find me really is on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Nicole Ackman 16. And on my Twitter, I have a link tree where you can find links to all my other social media and places that I write for. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Arzu Amin. And you can also find me here on the Geeky Waffle Network hosting Space Waffles every other Monday. And if you want to find me anywhere else, I also have a link tree in my bio. And you can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town and like these two lovely ladies, I also have a link tree in my bio where you can find all of my various pursuits. Next month, we'll be finding a place in this world as cold as you tied together with a smile.